Praise the Lord. I think. Praise God. Such a joy to to be here today and to see your smiling faces. <laughs> that's that's pathetically speaking. <laughs> I think I want to say thank you to you uh, and to the Lord for allowing me this opportunity. I think it's been good 30 years or so that I've been in and out of, of Victory. It used to be Victory Assembly, now it's Victory Church. I don't know what it's going to be in the future, but <laughs> as long as it's still Victory. <laughs> And you know, I've, I've been a frequent visitor of this special, very special church. I've been privileged to meet and to know some very, very wonderful people. It is good to partially see you today. <laughs> uh, thank God for all that you are and have been in the kingdom of God. May our, our loving Heavenly Father continue to help me to see and grace in those I'm privileged to minister to and meet on life's journey. Today I, I want to speak to you on a very simple subject. My title is, what you looking at? What you looking at? My text is Psalm 73. As you know, Many of the Psalms were written by David, but actually he only wrote half of them. Many people say David said, poor David, he said more things than he said, <laughs> because people said he said. But uh, there are other authors to the Psalms, uh, many of them, uh, you know Moses, uh, Solomon, Ethan, Heman, uh, sons of Korah, but this one was written by a Levitical worshiper or singer named Asaph. Asaph is, is unburdening his heart in, in, in this psalm. So the, the title, what you're looking at, the text, Psalm 73. But there's also a trust. Paul put it this way, that God has trusted me with the gospel. One translation, I think it's the Phillips translation, that says he has put me in solemn trust with the gospel. And I realize that this moment is God's trust for me to share with you. But I also have a, have a task that's in my spirit, in my heart. And that task is to raise somehow your, your belief your faith to believe in the goodness of the Lord in your life, in this land, as we go into 2021, let's do it believing to see the goodness of God. Even if you don't say amen, I'll say my own amen. Praise God. What a year. 2020 has been 
over the past nine, ten months, difficulties, disappointments, and dangers have increased. So many unbelievable things have unfolded all around us. So many flaws and failures have been revealed within us. This has been a time for many of confusion, of capitulation, of criticism. One person said, it's, it's been a crazy year. Uh, all he could say was just the word crazy. Talk about crazy. I heard about a lady who was a lousy housekeeper. That good housekeeping canceled her subscription. <laughs> I think it's time for me to pray. <laughs> Father, one more time. Please, Lord, that that which is shared be spirit and be life. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, please God, please Lord, create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within. That we might bring pleasure to you. And honor to your name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. What you looking at? What you looking at? Nowadays. We live surrounded. By an ocean of negativity. Which can easily influence all of us if you think you have not been influenced then I think you've been sleeping this whole year uh, it's easy to be influenced by the sea of negativity all around us one negative person said life is a drag you won't get out of it alive some people not in Rhode Island but in other places, some people are negative all the time. And negative about everything. Their demeanor makes you think they have been baptized in pickle juice. Some, I think, have earned doctorate degrees in negativity. I mean, they, they, they are good. You, you, you can't take it away from them. They, they are good at the negative. They can see negative in anything and everything. Even when you share something positive, they will say, yes, but. Right. Or they will say, what you don't know. And it's always to bring out the negative side. I mean, they are expert. They can see negative, negative all the time and, and point it out their whole life is emerged in negativity. Being surrounded so much by so much negativity, you know what it can do to us? It can cause us spiritual blindness. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. 
being surrounded by so much negativity can cause spiritual blindness. I've often questioned, I'm sure you have, how can some people vote for some things that seem to be anti-biblical or take a stand for things that are anti-biblical? I think part of the answer to that is spiritual blindness. So much negativism can cause spiritual blindness, not just in them, but in all of us. How can we avoid being negatively influenced? I think part of the answer is when, when God can help us see differently or see clearly. Lord, give us beautiful eyes. Not eyes that look beautiful, but eyes that see beautifully. You know, uh, some people have brown eyes. Some people have green eyes, some people have gray eyes, once in a while some people have black eyes, but uh, everybody knows that blue eyes are better. No, 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 no. No matter what color your eyes are, how you see depends on the condition of your heart. Help me now. It was Jesus who said this in that famous Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Or as Pastor pointed out, even in this service, we could translate it, Happy, happy are those whose hearts are pure, for they see God. They see the fingerprint of God. They see the hand of God. They see the works of God when other people are not seeing it because their hearts are not pure and they're seeing opposite things. Now please hear me. I want to speak as gently as I can because you need it at this time of the year. But this is, this is not about promise. Hello? You can't name it and claim it here. This is about purity. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see. I'm sure it's happened in your experience or, or you've witnessed it that two people can be in the same place at the same time. But when they report on what took place, they say something different from one another. And one wants to say, well, who's lying? Maybe neither are lying, it's their ability to see. They're saying what they see. Oh God, help us to see clearly even today. How, quite often how you feel is what you focus on. And we got to really understand that our focus needs to be very, very clear as we enter a brand new year. So this that I'm sharing with you is the case of smiling eyes versus sad eyes. I'm glad that your mask doesn't cover your eyes. Uh, at least we can see your eyes. Some people do have sad eyes. I'm hoping that some eyes here 
are going to sparkle today and have smiling eyes. Because they say eyes talk, and I believe they do. One person said they are the windows of the soul. And you remember, Paul wrote in that epistle we call 1 Corinthians. He wrote in 1 Corinthians, and it's chapter 2, verse 8, I believe. He says, I has not seen. I believe that's physical sight. I has not seen. Then he says, nor ear heard. That could be mental vision or mental sight. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. That's the eyes of your heart, spiritual sight, the things that God had prepared for them that love him. May the eyes of all of our hearts be enlightened today. The opening verse of Psalm 73 is a great affirmation of faith. God is good to those with a pure heart. God is good to those with a clean heart. To those whose hearts are not clean, they see a different aspect of God and don't see him as he really is. But I like the way the psalmist starts. The first word is truth. We believe in the truth. We've had so much to these days of non-truth. But the truth sets us free. And let it be clear today that this is the truth about the truth, about the truth that helps us see clearly. And, and Asaph says, truly or truth, God is. The greatest fact in the universe, God is. No matter what the weather is, no matter what the the politics are, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the economy is, no matter what disease or circumstances are going around, this is the truth about the truth about the truth. God is. God is. And Asa says God is good. Come on. Somebody say all the time. Come on. God is good. The devil is bad. You are good. <laughs> Asa says even the history of Israel reveals that. Truth. God is good to such who are pure in heart. And their smiling eyes see it when others can't see it. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Can we also say today, out of the purity of the heart, the eyes see. So it's become a regular prayer for me. I'm hoping that it will be for some of you also to, to pray that David prayer, who in Psalm 51 was surrounded by so much negativity, had so much negativity within himself. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me.
I think as we go forward into a new year, this should be a prayer that we often pray. Please, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 73 presents us with four scenes or four photos or four pictures of the same person but under different circumstances. We cannot look at all four because the clock will be embarrassed by the length of time that we take. So we, we just look at what we can. Asaph is looking and comparing. At first, it is with sad eyes. For this man, Asaph, this Levitical singer and worshiper, he was, his, what he saw caused him despair. You could say his seeing brought him grieving. Sometimes what we've been seeing this year has brought so much negative response in us. For Asaph, it was actually his faith in God that caused the problem. Because he personally was not enjoying the goodness of God in his life. Even though he said God is good, he was not enjoying the goodness of God in his life. Verse 2 says, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. It seemed to him that those around him, perhaps his neighbors and people around him, were in better shape materially, physically, than he was. And he says in verse 3, he says, <coughs> I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. What he was seeing was a real problem to him. What are you seeing today that's become a real problem to you? Maybe it would be helpful to you if I can help you a little bit, as you go forward into this new year, to say to yourself once in a while, what you're looking at? What you're looking at? And maybe it might be good to say it to other people around you, but don't say it sarcastically. <laughs> say it sympathetically. What are you looking at? Where is your focus today? For Asaph, this could be called his sad eyes. And his sad eyes have what you might call the distressed look. Verses 4 through verse 12 describe the distressed look. I will not read them. You can just glance them if you like. Notice the psalmist's eyes are on the world around him. And as he looks at everything around him, it causes him deep, deep sorrow. But also notice, in this portion of scripture, he uses the word they, them, and theirs. Fifteen times in these few verses, he talks about them, they, and theirs. All his eyes were on the ungodly, 
Sometimes it can happen for us that all our eyes are on the ungodly. All that Asaph says is true. The ungodly seem to prosper. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and full of pride. The tragedy is that corruption and wickedness often occupies the minds of many Christians. There are so many negative influences that I'm sure you don't know about, so I'll just mention a few. Because they, they feed on newspapers and news reports, whether it's online or it's the news sometimes. I don't know about you, but I want to shut the news off. I mean, I, I've been so, <laughs> so affected by, by it. And there are all kinds of things. Uh, and these people who feed on all these negative things, who, who allow themselves to be fed on these negative things, Constantly, their favorite topic of conversation is how bad the world is. And it's true. But if this is where the eyes spend most of their times, then any of us can become non-productive, negative people. And as a result, we don't see beauty we don't see goodness. We don't see anything that, that is fresh and new. One person says, there's no wonder that there's no wonder. Because of the heart condition, they're not seeing anything that's positive, that's good, that's wholesome. Now we should see things and recognize them, yes. But we should not be content with this first look of Asaph. The distressed look sees, sees their prosperity. He says, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. It sees their pride, for he says, pride serves them as a necklace. It sees their presumption. He, he, for he says, they say, how does God know? Is there knowledge in the most high? In other words, no need of God. And I think we've seen a bit of that in this year what are you looking at come on now what are you looking at because of the condition of his heart Asaph had sad eyes and as a result had a distressed look but not only did he have a distressed look he had a disappointed look boy this message is going somewhere from a distressed look to a disappointed look just a few verses, verses 13 through 16. Now I want you to notice the point of interest changes from the world around him to the wants within him. Are you with me? Now he uses the words I and me over and over again. See the psalmist is taken up with his own needs and his own problems and when he's saying I am me it causes him great disappointment notice where Asaph the psalmist's interests lie he is distressed by the wickedness all around him the prosperity 
in godless lives. Now he's disappointed as he sees his own insecurity and his own insufficiency. I guess you could say he's feeling sorry for himself. And he adopts a poor me attitude. I know you have never done that. And, uh, but there's such a thing as a, as a pity party. I know you don't know about them, but I am an expert in this field. So let me explain to you what a pity party is. It's when you, you find a rocking chair and you get in the rocking chair and you go back and forth and you, you say, nobody cares, nobody knows, nobody understands. And if you could learn a little Spanish, it would help you too. And say, ay, bendito. <laughs> you can have a glorious time. I mean, these pity parties are the hardest parties to crash. Because there's only three in attendance. I, me, and myself. <laughs> and I know about pity parties, not because I've studied them, but I've had some of the grandest pity parties ever celebrated on planet Earth. I've even served refreshments at some of my pity parties. But I have learned it doesn't do any good to sit down and have a pity party. You need to stand up and have a praise party. Asaph measures himself against a restless world and becomes crushed in his own soul. Many spend their time, not, not here, I'm talking about people in faraway places, but they spend their time alternating between the distressed look and the disappointed look. And when they're not disappointed, they're distressed. And when they're not distressed, they're disappointed. They move from one to the other. The increasing failure around them and the increasing frustration within them wears them down and wears them out. Come on. Did you know how you feel is often what you focus on? Yeah, come on, we say it again and again so it gets into us. What you looking at? Come on. When you go, wherever you're going today, uh, and they ask you, well, what was the message on? Just tell them what you're looking at. Asaph had sad eyes. It caused him to have a distressed look and a disappointed look. But a change is about to happen. I'm hoping that for all of us, as we go forward into a new year, that a change is about to happen. One very famous person said, it wasn't in a spiritual context, but I, I've adopted it for a spiritual context. He says, if you can't change, you will change nothing. And we've got to learn at these times when everything else is changing that there needs to be some change in us so that we can bring about change in the positive in the future going forward in 2021. So here we are 
Asaph is about to get the discerning look. You see, he says at the end of verse 16, he's saying, I couldn't understand this. It was too painful for me. Surely we've thought in a similar pattern over this year. I can't understand this. I just don't understand it. He says, it was too painful for me. And then he says in verse 17, until. If you're a preacher, you like just to stop on that one word and, and say it over and over again, until. This was a situation, this was a situation, this was going on, that was going on, until, until, until. And maybe, maybe it has been for you, but until. There's going to be an until in your life and your experience going forward. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. It is in the sanctuary. Everything changes perspective. It is in God's presence that everything changes perspective. Asaph said, I was so foolish. Allow me just to try to encourage you during these troubling times. Go before God. Spend more time in his presence. It will clear your heart. And help you see. What you've never seen before. Hear me now. Problems. Lose their power. When you focus. On something greater. I think that was good enough to say again. Problems lose their power when you focus on something greater. Don't let what's wrong with this world and what's wrong with you keep you from acknowledging what is right with God. Come on, church. Don't let what's wrong in our society. Don't let what's wrong even within you keep you from praising what is right with God. You see, God is everywhere. But we know this. God's presence is maximized where people praise Him. God inhabits praises. So if we would just let out some praise... Come on, the presence can grow and be magnified. And in his presence, so much change takes place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. One person says there's, there's basically two types of people, complainers and worshipers. Complainers always find something to complain about. Worshippers always find something to praise God for. You see, worship actually changes the spiritual atmosphere. 
We have all kinds of churches and gatherings that are focused on, on certain things. Uh, I, I've got 15 of them. I'm not going to give them to you. But there, there's, the, there's the purse-driven church and there's the problem-driven church and there's the personality-driven church. You know, I won't explain all those, but uh, may we be a, a presence-focused church and a presence-focused people. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. So let me illustrate as, as clearly as I can uh, from an old portion of scripture that you're familiar with. Everybody is familiar with 1 Samuel 17. It's about Goliath, the giant of Gath. You remember? Goliath terrorizes Israel. For nearly six weeks, Israel was brainwashed. Goliath is all that this psalm talks about earlier. You know, pride serves him as a necklace. He scoffs at others. He mocks God. At the end of 40 days... Every heart in Israel, especially in the battlefield there, were crushed and disappointing, saying, poor me, what can I do? The two looks of Psalm 73 are now in full focus. The distressed look and the disappointed look. As they look around, they're distressed. As they look within the disappointed. Then comes David, just a young person. The army of Israel have been assaulted by Goliath's tongue. David has been enjoying the presence of the Most High. Here we are, same place, same time, as we said before. But both are going to say something differently. Look at him, the army of Israel would say. Look how much bigger he is than we are. And all they said was true. Their eyes are on the circumstances and also on themselves. Thank God we don't do that. What are you looking at? David's attitude is, look how much smaller he is than God. Both are looking at the same situation, the same place, the same time. The army is measuring the problem against their own human resources. David is measuring Goliath against the towering magnificence of Almighty God. For Asaph, his perspective changed in the sanctuary. For David, his perspective was different because he dwelt so much time in the presence of God. Let's see with a discerning look. It's always sad to meet Christians whose life are either distressed or disappointed. And when they're not disappointed, they're distressed. But all of us feel that way at times. 
But I wonder, as we finish this year, do you have a Goliath in your life? Some person, some place, some problem, which you are avoiding or running away from. Maybe we need to get our eyes on God today and practice the discerning look. Come into his presence. Go into the sanctuary. You know, they used to sing back in the last century, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. We don't sing that anymore, but it's, it's still true. Or as Pastor quoted from Peter, cast all your care upon him. Come on now. The giant of COVID-19 shall fall. The giant of economic collapse shall fall. The giants that threaten and terrorize humanity shall fall. But God is forever and ever and ever the same. This is the truth. God is. And God is good. You see, the discerning look takes care of the distressed look. In the sanctuary, that is, the distressed look becomes a discerning look. You see, there is an answer for the wickedness all around us. No matter what you see in society, in life, try to evaluate it at the throne of God. Because here, the psalmist says, Then I understood their end. And I want to gently suggest to you that as we go forward into a new year, before you make any major changes or make any big decisions in life, go into the sanctuary. Go into the presence of God. You will come out with smiling eyes because of a heart change. Your eyes will see more clearly. We used to sing, remember, change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever new. But you remember this, surely, in, in Ezekiel 36, God says, I will give you a new heart. I will take the stoniness out of your flesh and give you a new heart and put my spirit within you. All that's required is that you seek me for it. You earnestly seek me. And on this threshold of a brand new year that's what we're seeking for a new heart and for God to put his spirit within us please Lord pure hearts see clearly pure hearts see God when other eyes all they see is the demonic all they see is the darkness and, and the works of the devil but there are people who see what others can't see because their hearts are pure. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to say it over and over again. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Truly, God is good to such that are pure in heart. 
You see, spiritual blindness causes us a lack of perception. And as a result, bad judgment. You know, you can even be a religious leader and have spiritual blindness. Jesus said of the leaders in those days, the Pharisees, they are blind leaders of the blind. So blindness, spiritual blindness, whether it's spiritual cataracts or myopia or blind spots, can affect all of us. We end up being short-sighted in many areas. But today, let there be a change. Let the cloudiness come away. Let's maximize the presence of God in our lives. Let our hearts be cleansed and clean. I like this portion in Psalm 27. You remember the psalmist says, I, I had almost lost hope. And surely that could be written over this past year. I almost lost hope. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of God. Praise God. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. I think that's the task that I have in church today. To somehow motivate you to a new level of belief. As we approach a brand new year. May you and I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in our lives in this land. As we go forward through this year, no matter what this year offers up, I believe to see the goodness of God. Every day, every week, every month, through the whole year, I'm going forward with, with smiling eyes, with a smiling face, because I believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. It was Joshua who said on the threshold of a new day, when they were faced with all kinds of dangers, sanctify yourself for tomorrow. God will do wonders amongst you. So here we are, the end of, of one year. It calls for us to sanctify ourselves. To become pure in heart. And to get to a place where we can see the evidence of God. In our lives. In our families. In our situations. In this land at large. So many people. All they can see is the works of the devil. It's because of spiritual blindness. But when our eyes are open, we will see. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifest. That he might destroy the works of the evil one. We'll see the activity of God. God, you are good. And we are living in your goodness and we're going forward believing in your goodness. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord.
for allowing us to share this time together. I pray on the behalf of everyone that you might cleanse our hearts. Your word says, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands, clean hearts, and clean habits. Oh Lord, cleanse us. Purify us. Help us to go forward into a new year with clean hearts. Yes, as we've said it, we say it sincerely from the depths of our being, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Because we are excited already. Our eyes are beginning to twinkle a little bit. Because as we look forward into a new year, we believe to see your goodness in this land and in our lives. God, you're good and we thank you. We receive this message. And we walk it out in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. What you're looking at.